into the redwoods without a truck and with a meltdown we go. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome to the Travel FOMO podcast. We are moving through season nine and it is all about being brand new to the RV life. My name's Hillary Houghton and I'm here with the man who can haul an Airstream with a Ford F-250 that has a dying alternator through the mountains of Northern California. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to hear all about that today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, lots of anxiety riddled content for this podcast (laughs) Uh, we are leaving Crater Lake and Oregon behind and headed into California. Yeah. And uh, looking to find out uh, if we still have mice. Yeah. Like we had uh, taken steps to try to eradicate them, but we're going to find out if they were actually gone. Mm-hmm. Um, we are dealing with something wrong with the truck. Yep. Uh, lights are coming on, check engines light, trucks running weird. Um, all kinds of stuff that we don't know what's going on with the trailer behind us. Yep. And uh, Hillary has a meltdown. That's true. True story. So <laughs> much packed into this episode, guys. <laughs> it's going to be good. Oh, my goodness. And this episode is all about the Redwoods National and State Parks, which is actually something that I didn't realize until we really started researching the Redwoods, that it's not just a national park. It's include state parks too and they're all kind of one big conglomerate of redwoods yeah i was uh, i was surprised at how much there was really yeah um yeah. and that it does kind of flow in and out of like national park state park that's all kind of one big happy tree i know it's funny because i like kept wanting like a really clear answer i was like now is this a national park or is this a state park and i kept trying to figure that out and just came to the conclusion that it's both. So right. <laughs> just get over it, Hillary. It's a little gray. Um, the redwoods are found in the northwestern tip of California. Um, like I said, there's, it's both national and state parks, which is really pretty unique. And there are actually several different redwood state parks. So you've kind of got this conglomerate um, working together. And one thing that I thought was great about California state parks is that they're pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. You can usually just like drive through them for free. It's not really a big deal. Um, there were some areas that we wanted to go to, and, and maybe some of this was part of the national park piece of this, but there were some reservations that were required. If you want to drive things like Fern Canyon Trailhead and Gold Bluffs Beach um, to kind of be there in peak season, which would be like mid-May through mid-September, you might need a reservation for that. So. Yeah just something to think about, but nothing to really deter you from coming. Not a big deal. There are some areas that might require a fee and... As we learned, some of the booths aren't really manned. So <laughs> right. you yeah. just kind of like put money in a bucket. and <laughs> <laughs> Right. There's a lot of what they call Iron Rangers, which is basically just a big metal post that you slip your fee into and with a little envelope. And uh, so bring cash yes. and bring exact change. Yeah, um, exactly. Otherwise, you'll be overpaying or not paying. Uh, neither of which are good. So just bring exact cash. Yes. The other thing that was really interesting is that this is a really remote location. I don't know why I thought that all of California was just super hip and cool and none of it was very rural. But um, (laughs) this was my kind of first taste of rural California. And, And for the most part, this was really my first time to really spend time in California. And um, I was surprised to find that, you know, 
your your GPS isn't going to work. You're probably not going to have cell phone service. Um, there's just a lot of surprises for me in that. I didn't really expect that from California. Um, but then we had another surprise. In these redwoods, there are tons of elk. Mm-hmm. Did not see that coming. Yeah, I didn't know that either or anticipate that, but they're big and a lot of them. (laughs) Yes. We'll tell you more about those in this episode. Um, Also, something interesting about the Redwoods is within these parks, there's about 40 miles of coastline. So you also have the ocean mixed in there. So Mm -hmm. some really cool ecosystems, so they say, in the national park world. They use that term a lot. (laughs) Um, Ecosystems. So there's several different, um, there's some variety, I guess you could say. Um, And then also interesting in this area, there are black bears. Um, And they actually, I was looking, um, kind of going back over the Redwoods information, I was looking at their Instagram, and they had recently posted a picture of the sand on one of their beaches and these really clear prints of a black bear just walking along the beach. And I thought, man, wouldn't that be a sight to see a bear on a beach like I just don't feel like that's terribly common yeah not uh, not something that you expect very much but a yeah. definite possibility there yeah. yeah yeah and then obviously the redwood trees they are humongous there are tons of them mm-hmm. um I actually misunderstood that there was only a few really big trees I didn't realize that it's like just miles and miles of and tons and tons of these really big trees. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was like really fun. And the the idea too is that these trees have been here for over 2,000 years. So they've been living for over 2,000 years. And if you do a little research, you'll kind of start asking your question like you're you'll start asking yourself why. Like why are these trees able to live this long? I just kind of always assumed it's because they – they didn't get burned down in a fire like it just kind of it was a fluke that they happened to get to live this long but come to find out there's actually some stuff inside this the bark of these redwoods that make them highly resistant to fire um they're resistant to insects and fungus and those are all the things that usually would norm normally kill trees but that allows them the redwoods to live longer because they can they're kind of like bulletproof a little bit and um they also have the ability to kind of clone themselves and that allows them to really endure all kinds of circumstances and regenerate really quickly um that's where we get all these redwoods that have lived for thousands of years um and then we get to go witness them um and i was reading something about how the state parks and the national park you know people ask like when's a good time to go to the redwoods and their responses usually are any day any day is a good day to be here there's just not a bad time of year to come yeah that that is really cool and just such such an amazing place definitely recommend the redwoods big time for sure but it takes a little bit of um, effort to get there as we found (laughs) (laughs) and with us every day that's a travel day is a drama day so why don't you update them on the latest (laughs) well staying on theme for travel days being fraught with misadventure uh on our way from crater lake to the redwoods um the battery light came on in our truck and we're like, what's going on? We know that our batteries are fine because if you are a longtime <laughs> listener, you'll know that we replaced both batteries at the very beginning yes. of our trip. So it's not been that long and we knew that uh, the batteries wouldn't be the problem. So there had to be something bigger and more complex to it. And we're like, man, we're going to have to go get this checked out. Yeah. 
Uh, fortunately, we had already planned to be in the Redwoods for several days. Yeah. So it kind of timed out right that if we were going to have a big problem, this was going to be where it needed to happen. Um, and so we were just like, man, what, what now? Yeah. Like right. just another, another setback. Um, we and this was up- a big one because it's like, I mean, when we we're hauling that airstream through the mountains of Northern California, I mean, it was struggling. And there were instances yeah. where like, I, I wouldn't say that the electricity went out, but certain electrical pieces quit working. Remember? And it was like, yeah. a, it was disturbing. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely frightening. And you're on these highway, very narrow highways, like you're saying, these winding mountain roads. There's not really anywhere to pull over. Yeah. And pull off the road. And so, you know, if we do, if the truck just dies, we're in big trouble. Right. Because there's, there's nowhere to go. And now you've got this trailer. It's not as simple as like calling someone to like help out or a tow truck or something. Now you've got our home with us. Maggie's with us. You can't pull over. Like if we're stuck on that road. The odds are really good. We're just around the corner of a mountain side because we've been going across around all these mountains over and over again. And it's just these curves that are like sharp and people flying down these sharp, curvy roads. Like I just kept thinking, oh, my gosh, if we have to pull to a stop, somebody's going to come around these corners at like 55 miles an hour and slam into us because they can't see us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of hairpin turns and kind of blind turns and that is one thing about hauling a trailer in that part of the country in particular is there's a lot of people that love to rent or that own sports cars to drive along those highways and they drive really fast and they just come out of nowhere and so it was definitely a super stressful drive trying to get in but we finally made it in to our RV park and Got unhooked so and we were just like, okay. And then tried to get online to find like, okay, where are we going to get the truck fixed? Mm-hmm. Because we're not exactly in the middle of like some city with a lot of options. Yeah. So we look, there's a, a town about an hour away. They were like, well, this is going to be our best shot. So I got up really early the next morning, drove into a town called Eureka, California, And uh, the first place I went, I went to like a Firestone or something like that. And they were like, sorry, we don't work on diesel engines. And so I was like, well, there's a Ford dealership here in town. So maybe they can help Mm -hmm. and took the truck there. Fortunately, they did work on diesels and they were able to get in. I waited in the waiting room for about half a day. And um, finally, they were able to come back and be like, well, your alternator is out. You need a new one. We don't have one here. So we're going to have to get it shipped in. Oh, my gosh. And so it's like, well, I mean, there's (laughs) there's not much other option. And I ended up renting a car uh, at like a a Hertz or someplace. And they they were kind enough to like drive me to a place where I could rent a car. And we had to get it all fixed. And um, fortunately... They were able to overnight the stuff in. They had really good mechanics there, and we were able to stay on schedule. We didn't have to extend our stay. We were able to leave on time, but 
made for a really, really stressful drive in and next day. And then you're spending money that you don't want to spend. Yeah. And we're just like, it's another travel day. Oh like just disaster. That and we like barely by the skin of our teeth that worked out okay because I mean you talk about an alternator going out like there's your power stealing steering while you're hauling an airstream through the mountains like yeah that's a problem that's a problem and we were feeling it like there were it was hard for you to like there were times where it was hard for you to get up a mountain or it was like things weren't going good and you're like having a hard time with it and I'm just like I didn't know exactly what it was but I knew this is big. Yeah. And sure enough, it wasn't like an, I think we first thought it might have been the alternator belt. And they were like, oh, no, no, it's just the whole alternator itself. (laughs) It's wild. Oh, my gosh, that was so stressful. And meanwhile, I'm like staying at the RV park, um, wondering like when you're going to be back. I have like no access to anything. I'm just kind of in between all these massive trees, which I will say <laughs> it was, it's a charming little RV park. We we stayed at Mystic Forest RV Park and we literally got the site that I had seen in the photos that I was like, wow, if we could get a site like that, that would be awesome. And so we booked this awesome site, but this place was mom and pop. It is very small. Um, It's run by an older couple and it was nice to, nice to know that we were helping them um, keep their RV park alive. You know, it was like a, it was a little, little place and our presence there for, you know, four or five nights really did make a difference. I like to think. And um, it was super quiet. I don't remember really seeing anybody else. I know there were people there because I could see their rigs, but I don't really remember seeing people or hearing people. Not very often, no. It was crazy. It was just very, very private. And um, it was just off this highway, which you could actually hear people like really flying down that highway um but uh it was it was really nice i like i really enjoyed it there were a handful of sites including our sites that were just our site was really tucked away right next to all of these massive trees so everything you think about with the redwoods just imagine like parking your rig like right beside these trees that are as big as wide as your vehicle you know it's so wild and um they they actually had they took a lot of pride in their place they the bathrooms were really clean all the time which i just say that because if you are looking to do something like this mystic forest rv park it was a really like decent place to stay yeah would highly recommend it yeah yeah yeah. it did feel a little bit like you know it's not super paved it's not super it's not a resort so to speak right but it's you know like they take pride in what they do and um everything was always crazy clean um they did have internet but it didn't really work that much um so that was like a little frustrating because there's also no cell phone service yeah which was we will get to that that was a problem for me (laughs) but um uh yeah it was it was a great place to be um there was also a beach that was just a couple miles away and so like literally two miles away we mm. got to like go to the beach and i bet we went there five times while we were there i think we went every day that we that yeah we stayed there yeah yeah that and it was, was fun because really nice. we could bring maggie mm-hmm. and she loved being by the ocean and we ran a couple times um 
And yeah, it was just really nice to enjoy that beach and it was just so convenient. But um, it was also where you could get a little bit of a cell service. So that was nice. <laughs> but um, there was also hiking around this RV park. So there were supposedly black bears. Mm-hmm. But James' theory is that they don't really exist. No, I don't. I think that it's all made up. I think at the RV park conventions, the RV park owners get together <laughs> And they're like, man, I can't get people to clean up their their campsites. They just leave trash everywhere. And somebody else goes, just tell them there's bears. If you just tell them that, that you've seen bears in camp, then they'll keep their campsites really clean and they'll go to bed early <laughs> and solved. everything will be fine. Because every, I feel like every place that we stopped for like two months straight was like, and uh, just so you know, yesterday or two days ago, uh, we did see a bear and we had a bear in camp. And we never, ever saw a bear in camp, ever. It's all made up. <laughs> we did take that hike, too. And we yeah. still never saw anything. No. So, But it was kind of, it was nice, though, that there is, like, a trail right there. And you could, like, enjoy the outdoors. That just was a fun little trail. Right to, there. And we got to take Maggie and, like, yeah. just walk around and have a good time. Because otherwise, yeah. you're, like, just off a highway. Like, there's no sidewalks. There's nothing, like, there's not really a town or anything. It's... So really that little hiking trail was kind of all you had without getting in a vehicle and going somewhere. Yeah. So that was nice. But um, yeah, we really enjoyed that. Um, Although I will say that it being so remote is what led to me basically having a meltdown. (laughs) Yeah. So Hillary went to get milk and you rode your bike and because there's a little grocery store just down the road and you were like, I have to have milk for my coffee. And I do have to have milk I, for my coffee. Yeah, it's very important. And I need to get milk. So I'm going to go to the grocery store and get milk. And uh, you came back and you're like, there is no milk. Oh, they have oh no gosh. milk. And and there's no internet here and no cell phone reception and no anything. And I don't want to do this anymore. And over you it. just lost it. Because oh, there was no milk. I started no crying. Milk. I literally <laughs> broke down and started crying. I could not deal with. It was just like this. Everything was snowballing. And like we didn't have a vehicle. And like all of these things was were just like piling up. And it was just like, I can't do this. Like I can't even respond to text messages. You know, <laughs> like, oh, it was so hard. Yeah. And I was just starting to feel really lonely you know, we'd been like traveling. We traveled Europe for a while. We came back and we were traveling by ourselves through throughout the U.S. And I couldn't even communicate with anybody. And it was just like starting to max me out. Like <laughs> I just needed to be able to, I don't know, I needed my people, you know, yeah. and I couldn't get them. And, uh, <laughs> no, and I Maggie, had no. Maggie and I were sitting on the couch as you were ranting about the milk and I remember Maggie was just like looking at me and she's like mom's mad at one of us but I don't know which one of us she's mad at are you in trouble or am (laughs) I in trouble (laughs) oh man yeah I just really felt like I was struggling mentally a lot and all that was just because of no milk yep couldn't get that milk for the coffee oh my goodness but you know like a prime example of like what we were going through on a daily basis was And this is mostly like because we were going, for the most part, to national parks. But while we were there in the Redwoods, this is just an example, my sister reaches out and she's like, hey, can you talk? I'd really like to talk. And I'm like, 
girl, I would really like to talk. Yes, I will figure out a way. I don't know, but I will figure out a way to talk to you. So I tried to get onto the Wi-Fi for the RV park and I'm getting as close to their building and I'm like trying to, you know, communicate with her and it just, it wasn't working. I couldn't stay on the line with her. So then I'm like, I need to go somewhere with a cell phone signal. I'm going to drive to that beach and see if I can get a signal. And granted, I'm not even on the rental, the car rental that we had. But I was like, Jamin, I'm taking this car and I'll be back when I'm done talking on the phone. I was so, I was so over it. So I go to this beach and I can't hardly get a signal until I finally find this one rock. And this one rock allows me to stand on top of it and I can get one or two bars of service if I stand in one place on this rock. So I stand there and I stood there the whole time and I just, I talked to Jessica. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was actually like a really great memory. I have like this image of my feet on this rock and the sun was setting on the ocean. And so, you know, I'm on a beach. It's not exactly the worst thing in the world, but I was so irritated because um, people would see that I was on my phone and people on the highway driving by would like come to a stop really quick and pull up next to me and get out their phones and like get out of their vehicle and hold up their phone and then my call would drop because they'd start talking on the phone and it would pull the cell service that's the only thing I can think of but it would happen every time and I was getting so annoyed but I couldn't like hide and like you know hide my cell phone service (laughs) like I had to like stand on this rock and then people would just get really excited because they wanted cell service too and so everyone would stop by and try to like steal my cell phone service oh man but it was like so good to talk to her it like healed my mental breakdown temporarily because <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to talk to my sister. But that's the great links that I had to go to to have one conversation. And that was pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Going to national parks um, when you're doing it for vacation and the whole idea is like unplug for yeah. for a week or two or like get away from it all it's really great mm-hmm. and you can really do that and um, important right a and good a good idea. a good thing yeah um, but for us you know we were living in it all day long every day and just going from one remote area basically to the next yeah and at that point it is like it is pretty stressful to be like we can't get on the internet we can't communicate with people we can't do like normal normalist stuff to, we can't find the next ford dealership if we break right. down like, yeah. yeah like we can't do research and that kind of stuff uh we're trying to upload podcasts and things like that so we're constantly trying to seek out internet cafes and things and yeah. uh it just becomes a lot of work to try to do what feels like should be normal everyday stuff yeah um, but yeah, it, it is taxing. The great thing is though, that we were in the Redwoods, which were absolutely yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at the uh, Prairie Creek state park. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, there were elk absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Um, we passed, uh, elk prairie mm-hmm. and I remember there's this, like, there's kind of a visitor center there and a place to park and, this place where it's just this field with no trees or anything in it and grass has kind of grown up a little bit high and you can just see huge antlers from all these elk 
that are just laying down in the middle of this field sleeping. And you can just see their antlers. Just popping up out of the grass. It was incredible and just so crazy that there's just all these elk just hanging out out there. Um, Yeah. And like we went by another area where it's like kind of just really this cluster of like homes. Mm -hmm. And there were huge elk right by the side of the road. Enormous, enormous elk. And, you know, people were stopping and taking pictures of them and they're just kind of chilling yeah hanging out and we passed that area a few times because it was sort of on our way to several of the parks and on our way into town and a couple of the times that we went by there's these big elk just just hanging out it was really cool in somebody's front yard yeah like in their driveway it was really wild to see and then you see them beside a house or beside a vehicle and you go Oh my gosh, I can see the perspective of how big they are. Yeah. Like it made me like gasp out loud when I first saw them. I was like, whoa, that's mm-hmm. so crazy. Cause when they're out in the field, you can't really tell, you don't have much perspective. You can't compare them to much. Right. But then you see them in somebody's yard and you realize, my gosh, these things are huge. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you have the actual forest, which is really what people come to see. I feel like what they intend to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen so many photos. And I have to say again, I really thought that there were a handful of huge trees and people would drive their cars through them and take pictures. And, you know, it'd be, oh, so interesting. There's like a tree out there that's that big. Right. I did not realize that there were hundreds of these massive trees, mm-hmm. not just a few right and that this whole all these forests are just like made up of all these huge trees that was really i think kind of magical whenever you realize like this is just goes on and on and on um to get to witness that was really really pretty cool and you said something that i thought was so profound about just how old they are but yet they're still alive right i i know like You know, we had been to Europe earlier in gap year and we'd seen lots of things that are really old, like the Colosseum or Mm -hmm. castles or things like that. So we saw these things that were thousands of years old and there's this sort of um, connection that you feel or sort of vibe to something that old and just knowing like, wow, this is this is really ancient and I'm standing here in the midst of, of something ancient And the redwoods are that way in that these trees are 2,000 years old. Mm -hmm. But there's this sort of other level to it or added depth to it in that it's still alive. Yeah. And it's still growing and it's still changing. And so you're in the midst of something so ancient, but it looks different now than it did a year ago and will look different a year from now than it does today. And it's still growing and, and changing and still alive. And there's just something kind of crazy about that of seeing this has looked this way in some respect forever, but will be different in a couple of weeks than it is mm, now. Yeah. And it's just really cool. Uh, just a magical place to go to. You know, we'd mentioned that there's also beaches within these parks too, mm-hmm. which is really kind of 
crazy. Um, we went to one of the beaches and it was just complete fog. Like you could, if you walked out far enough, you could then see the water. But for the most part, it was just fog and sand. And that was really kind of beautiful to see. Black bears and cougars are some of the animals that are out there, which is yeah. also wild. And I don't expect them in the redwoods for some reason. Of course, I was still on my like kick of like, I needed bear spray everywhere I went. <laughs> right. And ironically, the bear spray, wasn't it like in the truck or something? Yeah, our backpacks were in the truck. Yeah. And we had gotten most everything out that we needed to camp, but we would always leave our backpacks in the truck because we'd drive to trailheads and go hiking. And when I had left the truck to go get the rental car, I didn't think about it. And we had left both our backpacks in yeah. the truck. And like our national park pass and things like that. It was like, oh man, bummer. But um, not the end of the world for you, but for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were very apprehensive about hiking. But I, I did really actually like the hikes through yeah. the redwoods mm-hmm. um, because they're they're cool and that you get to see a lot of cool stuff, but also they're flat. Mm-hmm. So it's not an elevation type thing. And I feel like through a lot of national parks, it's like, Okay, all right, we're going to do this hike and we're going to see some really cool stuff, but man, we're going to have to really kill ourselves to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the Redwoods, there's a lot of trails. I think we ended up hiking like five miles or something through Prairie Creek and uh, it's just nice and flat and you're just really on a walk through these woods. Yeah. And because the trees are so big and everything, you're kind of shielded from like wind and the like the like you said earlier, the park rangers is like every day is a great day. Mm-hmm. It's always nice here, and so it's just this really kind of leisurely stroll through a magical forest. Like yeah. it's great. Yeah, it really is, and it makes it very family friendly for like people of all ages mm-hmm. because it's not hard. Right. It's just a journey that you get to go on together. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And they had all kinds of different um, uh, hikes that you could go on. We did Prairie Creek Trail and Foothill Trail Loop. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the Cathedral Trail, Cathedral of Trees Trail as well. Um, so some great stuff. And I don't remember which one of those trails we were on when I was like, Jamin, I really need to go to the bathroom. And oh, also to note, they don't mark the trails very well. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that about those trails. Oh my gosh, that was super frustrating because like you couldn't exactly tell which direction was going to take you whatever they were saying. It, it would always be like a fork in the road and they'd be like, you can go one of these directions and you'll hit one of these trails. And you're like, but which one's which? I, I can't remember exactly, but they just did a really bad job of um, <laughs> basically labeling these trails. And so we were struggling with that. So we were really spending a lot of time out there. Um, and uh, I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. And we're not, we have no clue how soon it's going to be before I could get to one. So I was like, hey, just like keep an eye out um, to make sure nobody's coming. And I'm just going to like crouch down over here and go to the bathroom. Not even 10 seconds later, a preteen boy comes around the corner and sees me using the bathroom and him and I lock eyes. Fortunately, I think I was mostly covered, but he could like see my head and definitely knew what was happening. And we look each other right in the eye and we're like locked eyes and you go, someone's coming. I was like, 
thanks so much for the heads up. <laughs> and I was like, and then just a few minutes ago, I was reminding you of this story. And you're like, oh, yeah, that was really funny. And I was like, did you do that on purpose? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, I didn't uh, I didn't see anyone coming from the direction that he came from. And then by the time I saw him, I realized that you'd also seen him. And so then I thought, like, I'll just go ahead and give you the heads up. <laughs> it's just bad because, like, he was young enough that, like, I could have been charged with something. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But anyway, the good part is he ran back to his family right away. So I think, like, he, he kept them from coming and bumping into me. But um, oh, that's too funny. But. It's just really funny whenever I know that, like, you didn't really try that hard. And I'm like, thanks. Awesome. 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 Okay. So overall thoughts. What do you think overall of the Redwoods? Um, to me, like, just the size of the trees is just insane. Mm -hmm. Just crazy. Um growing up in Oklahoma and being in, you know, living in Texas and things like that, you just don't see anything like that. And yeah. just kind of blew my mind. Um, I really liked the weather there because mm -hmm. it was nice and cool. I mm -hmm. feel like you need it, like you need a jacket and that's kind of like the perfect day for me. If you tell me like, you're going to need a jacket, like I'm like, yep, that's sign me up. That's yeah, what I, I want. Like that. And being close to the ocean, you know, the Pacific coast has its own sort of vibe and is, is really cool and just fun and different and just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like storybook vibes for me. Like it was yeah. like walking through the trees. It just never got old. Right. It was just really fascinating to see them and to drive through them was really fascinating, too. And everything was just pretty accessible. Mm -hmm. um, I loved being having access to the beach and just wasn't really connecting those dots until we arrived. So I thought that was great. And um, and just easy hiking. Like you said, it's it's easy, fun for everyone. You know, yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. Um, okay, so next up, guys, we are going to San Francisco. We are going to have a dog-friendly day in San Francisco, and we have an RV site there that overlooks the ocean, and it's, like, on this cliff. It's pretty cool. It's also kind of a parking lot, but it's surprisingly awesome. It's a good <laughs> one. Yeah, if you, like, the RV park shouldn't be nearly as great as it is based on, like, what's there but the place that it is makes it pretty incredible yeah it was, it was pretty cool and being in san francisco in an rv park was i mean that's pretty great yeah we really love san francisco so excited to share it i will be sharing it here as always on the podcast but also on our videos on youtube and through social media you can find us on instagram tiktok facebook uh, go connect with us there. That's a good way to uh, keep track of what's going on with us both today and as we release episodes through our adventures. Awesome. Yeah. And you can also reach out to us by email. We'd love to hear your stories or your feedback. Anything you want to share with us, send it to us at travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. That is travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. And with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode, Mr. Houghton. Yep, that's all we got for the Redwoods. Life is short, guys. Wonder well. <laughs>